This is a hypothetically great podcast. This is Tech News for MBAs. I'm Professor Paul Canetti. It is Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. Welcome to our first ever live edition of Tech News for MBAs. For those that haven't listened before, the basic format of the podcast is we go over some headlines and then what we try to do is draw out some trends or themes from those headlines that maybe other people aren't talking about. And typically what I try to do is rather than just take them at face value, really try to figure out are these little clues or breadcrumbs of some broader overarching themes and uh, that we should be thinking about with any specific company or just the industry as a whole. So the headlines for this week, I'm sure you saw, but Meta, the company formerly known as Facebook, had the biggest drop in value of any company ever in the history of the world. Yikes. They lost $230 billion in market cap in a single day, which is about, I don't know, uh, a third maybe of what their valuation was prior to this. Okay. Then in the very same week, Amazon had the biggest gain of any company in the history of the whole stock market. Kind of crazy, which was almost a $200 billion gain. For Amazon, that represented, I think it was something like 12 or 13% of their total market cap. So I just thought it was interesting. In the very same week, you had the biggest drop in stock market history and the biggest gain in stock market history. Hmm. Also, Amazon, for the first time in their earnings report, broke out their advertising revenue. And this is where the story starts to get a little more interesting, because what business is Meta in? advertising. So you might not think of Meta, Facebook. Again, as a reminder, Meta owns Facebook proper, Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, and a bunch of other uh, business units as well. Um, And so you might not think of them as direct competitors, but Amazon has this burgeoning advertising business, but they've never actually broken out the revenue before. And all of a sudden, we see that they had an annual revenue of $31 billion on their advertising business, which is really, really big. It now puts them in the number three spot behind Google and Meta as the biggest digital advertising company in the world. Amazon kind of does it all. And lastly, you'll see that Facebook also specifically said in their earnings report that one of the big drivers of this kind of crash in the stock price, um, besides missing their revenue numbers, slowing user growth for the first time in the company's history. But also, they said that a recent change in Apple's iOS uh, was going to cost them $10 billion. Or maybe already did cost them $10 billion. Anyone remember exactly what they said? Either way, it's a lot of money. What change am I talking about? Does anybody know? Yes, ATT, which stands for app something tracking. What's the second T? Mm -hmm. 
for bonus points. Nobody knows, and it doesn't matter. Um, but the point is that when you open an app on your iPhone now, you'll see that little alert. Do you want this app to track you outside of the confines of the app? Do you want it to track your behavior in other apps and on other websites? By a show of hands, how many people, raise your hand if you say yes, allow this app to track me? All right, few brave souls, one, two, three, four hands or so out of about 80 people. And now raise your hand if you say, do not allow this app to track me, everybody else. Now, obviously, maybe it depends on the specific app, but as our random sample is showing here, that's a huge blow if your whole business is built on tracking people in third-party apps and websites, which Facebook's business largely is. And I know here we can talk about how creepy it is and blah, 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 but actually it does have com some consumer benefit also because it's how they show you relevant ads instead of like totally random ads anyway. So the theme I want to talk about is what I call verticalization at scale. The scale is important. These are some valuations of top tech firms uh, at their peak in the last few months. Apple taking the cake, they touched $3 trillion in market capitalization. Microsoft at 2.6, Google hovering around two, Amazon also hovering around two, 1.9, and Meta before this drop was around one trillion. Trillions, do you know how many zeros that is? This is three trillion. Three, zero, 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 dot zero, zero. If Apple drops just 1%, that's $30 billion. So when we talk about these sorts of drops, yes, it is kind of jaw-dropping, no pun intended, but then it was intended once I realized what I was going to say, that uh, you have these staggering numbers in the hundreds of billions of dollars of loss or gain. But when you think about the scale we're working at, it's actually not that crazy because any percentage of trillions is going to be tens or hundreds of billions. So we're just kind of working a different scale. These sorts of headlines are really great at sort of grabbing attention, um, but I think percentage is maybe a better way to think about these than fixed dollar value, because um, it's just not fair to uh, compare these sorts of gains and losses on a, a dollar basis to like much smaller companies, you know? So anyway, something to keep in mind. So what do I mean by verticalization? Well, let's zero in on Meta and Amazon. And I think Apple is an important part of this story as well. What they're all trying to do, and ultimately every tech company uh, and every company in any industry, if they live long enough to tell the tale, is trying to verticalize. And what I mean by that is they're trying to own more and more of the whole stack of operations. So uh, Apple's a great example, right? They own the device. They own the operating system that runs on that device. Then they have their own applications that run on that operating system. Think of all the Apple uh, first-party apps that you might own. Then they own the marketplace, the app store, where other apps live, and so on and so forth. Right? They own a lot of the solution, and one of Apple's big selling points is that they have these verticalized solutions. Another example would be something like Tesla. right? So unlike most car manufacturers that are manufacturing the cars, but then selling through third-party retailers, car dealerships, 
Tesla has verticalized the whole thing, right? Um, where you would go to a Tesla-owned ownership uh, or even to like Tesla.com where you can order a car. Okay, so why own the whole stack? It improves your margins, right? Because you're cutting out these third parties that are uh, ultimately going to sort of pump up the price so that they can capture some profit. It diversifies your risk away from whatever your primary type of product is. It expands your addressable market because you have more things to sell to more people depending on where you are in the stack. It increases your defensibility uh, basically for a lot of reasons, but mostly because it decreases your dependency. So for instance, Facebook is notoriously dependent on platforms like Apple and Android because it only lives in these other platforms. It doesn't actually exist on its own, uh, on mobile devices at least. On the open web, at least they have Facebook.com. But how many of you use Instagram.com on your computer? Just Spencer. <laughs> right. So they really rely heavily on these other platforms. And generally, the rule of thumb is more integrated, verticalized solutions uh, provide for a better user experience because you don't have the disjointed nature of um, different vendors kind of owning different parts of the stack. So when I think about these three companies, they're all really after the same basic vertical stack, which is device, like the hardware that you use, the operating system, then owning the identity layer, so some sort of authentication layer that it's really you. And also with that comes your contacts, like your friends or the contact book on your phone, that kind of thing. Then there's ads, which basically are the promotional tools that drive the sales of products. And you can think about where each of these companies kind of lives currently, where they used to live, and where they might live in the future. Like Amazon obviously has lots of products. That makes a ton of sense. They also have some identity layer, right? They have all your payment information. They have your address, things like that. And now they're starting to run ads to promote sales of products. And they make a percentage of every sale from the products. They also have their own first party products. Like I use Amazon Basics olive oil. Don't judge me, but it's cheap. It works. Amazon batteries, Amazon whatever, right? So they can take more and more of a margin. But they don't own the operating system or the device, but you can see how something like Alexa and their Echo device line is starting to sort of chip away at that bottom part of the uh, vertical stack. Then you take a company like Apple, where again, they're sort of working from the, the other direction, bottom up. They have the device, they have the operating system, they clearly have an identity layer, they have a marketplace for products, and they have first party products. Now they're adding more and more of these first party uh, subscription products like Apple News Plus, Apple Fitness Plus, Apple Music, et cetera. And now they're also running ads, like sponsored app store ads, right? Which is a marketplace for advertising. And they run in-house ads. So if you're reading Apple News, you'll see an ad for Apple Music, for instance. So they're owning more and more of the stack. And then, of course, you have Meta. And Meta is really strong in advertising, of course. And it is starting to monetize more on the product side with things like Facebook Marketplace, Instagram shopping, uh, games, where they can start to take a cut. So not only are they driving traffic to those products, but they're actually monetizing when a user buys a product. They obviously have great identity layer, but they don't really exist at the operating system or device level, which is where Oculus comes in and Mark Zuckerberg's sort of vision 
that after the smartphone will come VR, AR, metaverse type devices. I happen to subscribe to that myself. Um, and so they potentially could own that, which makes them a future competitor to Apple in a really serious way. And so to me, when I see Apple trying to basically kill Facebook's ad business, it's not necessarily because they want to compete with them on ads. Maybe that's part of it. But to me, it's a really strategic defensive move to make sure Facebook never grows up to be the device manufacturer that they hope to be. And so when I see all of these swings, I'm thinking about it on this longer arc, let's say on a five to 10 year arc of sort of domination for the bottom of this stack in a post smartphone universe. Um, and I'm sure Amazon wants to be part of that too. Both Facebook and Amazon, by the way, launched smartphones at some point. I don't know if you know that, which failed. Um, and so I think this next, you know, rev, this opportunity maybe only comes 15 or 20 years, uh, every 15 or 20 years or so. Um, and so they want to make sure they own that next, that next platform level. Okay. Questions, thoughts, comments about any of these companies or this whole idea of verticals uh, verticalization at scale. Hamilton, want to come on down? Um, so with these companies, what you just showed on the board, in my opinion, looks like a conglomerate, but a vertical conglomerate compared to a horizontal conglomerate. And it seems like in the market recently, a lot of conglomerates are getting hammered and or breaking up. So why are these companies trying to become vertical conglomerates? And why is the market not punishing them in the same way they're punishing Siemens, Honeywell, GE? It's a really, really good question, and you're right. Um, I think part of the reason is that our antitrust laws, at least in the US, really focus on anti-competitive behavior and, um, and basically price fixing that disadvantages consumers, right? And so they are not necessarily blocking out competition at any horizontal level by going vertical. And so they sort of like circumvent that antitrust issue. But uh, you're right that there are other companies in other industries that seem to get punished for that sort of verticalization. I don't know what the difference is, um, but you can see that. But the other thing is that since the consumer generally benefits from the verticalization, it's hard to make an argument that it's bad for consumers or it drives up the price for consumers, especially something like Facebook, it's free. To consumers. So it's hard to say that, um, that it's bad. Now, if you consider the consumer to be an advertiser, then yes, you wouldn't want a monopoly there. Um, but I think there's enough players in the digital advertising world that advertisers do have a choice between Facebook, Google, now Amazon, Apple, Snapchat, TikTok, etc. Follow-up. Hopefully this is loud enough. Um, but like, why then are investors not trying to find pure plays within this verticalization like they are in horizontal conglomerates? Because if I was an investor, I would look at an ad company and be like, I want to invest in an ad company, not an ad company that also does devices. So what makes these companies different, allowing for that, like again, like conglomeration? Yeah, so the question was basically, like why do investors want these almost like general purpose companies versus dedicated players? I think the short answer is that all 
tech companies end up looking like this if they want to continue to expand their size. Like once you start to saturate on one of those levels and you've sort of reached a cap expanding this way, you have to start expanding this way if you want to continue at the sorts of growth rates that you're used to seeing. Um, and investors want growth more than anything. So they recognize that by sort of jumping the tracks into some of these other horizontals that stacked on top of each other become a vertical, um, you expand the potential market dramatically um, and therefore expand the potential earnings. Other questions? Yeah, Royce. Thanks, Professor Paul. Uh, my question is, uh, how much of Facebook's stock dropping do you think was related to uh, Zuckerberg threatening to uh, pull Facebook, Instagram out of Europe? And uh, do you think that has any effect on uh, the potential future of the metaverse designed by Meta as a company? It's an excellent question. Um, you know, in the U.S., we don't think about this a lot, but 90 percent of Facebook's business is outside the U.S. today, as it stands right now. 90%, only 10% of their users are in the U.S. Um, but then you have really big markets like China where they don't operate at all already, right? And so on one hand, losing a market like Europe maybe wouldn't hurt that bad because we already don't have China and it seems to be okay. On the other hand, if you just keep eliminating market by market by market, like that's not good. Um, I think the stock drop was sort of a culmination of all of these things. They missed their revenue targets. Um, you have these Apple uh, guidelines or whatever you want to call them. I was going to say laws, but that's the wrong word. Um, policies that are hurting them. You have regulatory bodies across the world um, that are starting to sort of crack down. Then you have user growth is actually slowing for the first time in their history. Um, and uh, and then there's also this bet on the metaverse. Um, they've spent $10 billion on Oculus as a unit. And either that will be like the smartest thing that anyone's ever done. And we'll all be like, that was super smart and makes a ton of sense in retrospect. Or it will turn out that that was really boneheaded. And we don't know yet. But I think investors are punishing Facebook kind of for all of those reasons. Um, and remember, when a stock drops, it's because everybody sold. So I think their stock was really high. Now it's kind of like, this is a lot of ifs. Maybe I'll just get out now. And when everybody thinks that at the same time, the price goes down. But if you believe in their long-term vision, you should buy in at the bottom and then let it rise back up. So we shall see. Anyway, thank you for the questions. This officially was our first live episode. Yay. I'm Professor Paul Canetti. See you next week for more tech news for MBAs. This is a really good podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>